Welcome to the next message in our series on Revive. We've called the series Revive. And this week, it's actually on reviving our finances. And there's actually going to be a number of messages in this one, because uh, it takes some time to talk about finances. And, but before I start, I want to ask you, where did you learn how to manage your finances? Think about it. Where did you learn how to manage your finances? Was it uh, your self-taught? Was it through a course? Was it from your family? Let me read to you a survey which was done in actually 2006 by Wesley Mission. I'm going to read to you how people, they surveyed the Sydney metropolitan area and they asked how people learned about how to manage finances. And here was the top answers, or if you like, or the breakdown. 65% of all people surveyed were self-taught. So in other words, they found the resources within themselves to teach them how to manage their finances. 18% were taught by family or parents. 6% by uni or TAFE. 5% learned their, how to manage their finances at work. 5% learned it through books and courses. 5% were through a financial expert. 2% from friends. 2% at school. 1% from the internet. Now, I might have grown from that because that was 2006. 1% was from TV programs. 6% weren't sure, and 2% said they didn't know. One of the things we didn't hear in those statistics was that no one said, I learned how to manage the finances from the Bible. And I don't know if you've ever thought about that. But do you know Jesus spoke so much about money? And the Bible's talked about a lot in money. And it's, and it's not just, the Bible talks a lot about money. And what I would love to share with you over these next series of messages is some of the teachings from the Bible on how to manage our finances. When you go to church, often what you hear is when, when it comes to money, you hear a message on giving. And that's one element of managing our finances is giving it, it, it actually giving outside ourselves is healthy for us with our finances. But there's so much more to learn. And what we're going to do over these next period of time and these next few messages is we're going to learn four spiritual principles when it comes to handling the finances or the money that God's put in our hands. And the first of those spiritual principles I want to suggest is simplicity. And simplicity is simply the spiritual principle which we apply to our spending. The second one is stewardship. And stewardship is the spiritual principle that we apply to the things that we own or to ownership. The third one is setting aside, which is the spiritual principle that is applied to saving. And the fourth one is sacrifice, which is the spiritual principle that is applied to giving. So there's four different spiritual principles that the Bible teaches on, on how we handle our finances. And unfortunately, so often in church, we only talk about the one, and that's the sacrifice or the giving. And we will, we will talk about that in the, as we go on. But I'm hoping that this series really encourages you in your own financial walk. Because if, unless we deal with uh, our spending, unless we deal with our setting aside or our saving, unless we deal with our ownership, we don't even have the capacity to give. We don't have the capacity to do the, the sacrifice, if you like. So I want to start with probably a really key teaching that the Bible taps into. One of these principles that kind of overarches everything in one, in one way, and that's the spiritual principle of stewardship. The spiritual principle of stewardship is the principle that we apply to ownership, to the things that we own. Let's think about the story of money. And when I'm not talking about where it was found or anything like that. 
what's the money story that we get given that culture actually, what's culture's message to us about money and particularly who owns it? Maybe the message you hear constantly about money or you feel is, I just need more of it. I just need more of it. Or the message that we might have about ownership is that things will bring happiness. Or it might be, um, I'm not going to worry about money. It'll all work out somehow. Or it might be debt is unexpected and avoidable. Or it might be spending is is retail therapy or it's a competition with others to keep up with the Joneses, that old phrase. Or your possessions define you, how you look, what you wear, um, what you buy, what you drive, where you live, the suburb you live, all those sort of things. Or it might be the more you have, the more you spend. Disposable income, they call it. Well, it's interesting. All of those things are focused on the owner being us. Stewardship actually is a different approach. It's actually, instead of saying the owner is us, it's saying, I'm a steward of all that's been put in my hands. And that's what the Bible teaches. In Psalm 24, verse 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So everything is God's. And the beauty is that God's put so much in our hands that we're to steward. The more you own, or the more that you think you own, the more we have to steward. Got a big house? How do we steward a big house? Got a big wage? How do we steward a big wage? Got some small coins? How do we steward these small coins? Got some time, which has been, it's come because of wealth. How do we steward that time? Stewardship is huge. And you know, if we understand that it's all God's, it helps us. It helps us give. It helps us be wise with what we've had. It's an amazing spiritual principle that we can apply to ownership. And it actually focuses in us in the right direction. It actually, actually treats an, a big element of our life, which is our money, as, as a tool for worship, as a tool to acknowledge God for who he is, as a tool for thanksgiving. I'm going to read to you a, a, a page that I really, a, a scripture that I really like that King David wrote. And King David um, just does this praise. It's basically a song. I praise you, God, that you are the owner. And what has just happened is David and all the people have actually got all their resources together and they put together a whole big bounty, if you like, that they're going to pass on to Solomon to build God's temple. But this is what he says about it. He doesn't talk about how good he is. He doesn't talk about how good the people is. This is what he says in 1 Chronicles 29 verse 10. It says this. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, O Lord, God, our Father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your name and then he says these words and but who am i and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand we have given you god only what comes from your hand we are trustees and you know a trustee has no right over the wealth for themselves they just have responsibilities 
As a steward, we take the resources God's put in our hands and partner with him to build his world, to invest in his, his kingdom come and his will be done. You see, we seek God out of the distribution of his wealth, of his resources. You know, and in, in the middle of that, um, I, I see God, we, we, God does this amazing thing in the Bible. He talks about the tithe and he talks about um, just it's all mine. And, and, and I want you to enjoy it and I want it to bless you and I want you to work with it and I want you to have it with hands open wide. And I want you to invest a, a tithe, a 10% of that into, into things outside yourself. Into, into kingdom of God initiatives. Jesus actually said in the New Testament, he said, you should tithe, yes, but don't neglect justice and, and, and mercy and don't, don't do it as a, as a duty or a ritual to think that will make you more worthy before God. Do it as an, as, a, as an investment into those around you. I love what Andy Stanley wrote about ownership. He said these words. If you feel guilty about the, about the amount you own, you probably don't understand you're a steward. In fact, you think you own it. If you're feeling guilty about what you own, um, it's probably because you might say, I have too much, I have too much. That's probably God saying, start stewarding. Start stewarding that for my benefits, which will bring benefits to others. Few things about as, as about stewardship is this principle of stewardship. The first one is as a steward, we take an eternal perspective to the wealth in our care. We take an eternal perspective to the wealth in our care. Let me read to you from Matthew six. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I love those. I love Matthew 6. It really puts money and possessions and all that stuff in its right perspective. It's, it's not something for us to hoard or build up like we own it. It's God's. It's God's. And it, we have an opportunity to invest in eternal consequences, to seek first his kingdom. As a steward, we take an eternal perspective to everything we own. It helps us take eternal perspective to our giving or, or to our contributing to the lives of others. Second thing about stewardship. As a steward, we know where we are financially with the wealth in our care. As a steward, good stewards actually budget. They keep records. They understand where the dollars go. They're not frivolous with money. They might be generous, but they're not frivolous. They, they, they plan. Their, their calendar or their budget or their... their Bank statement actually makes a statement about what is a priority in their lives. They know where they stand financially. A good steward knows where they stand financially and knows how to really do a good job with the master's resources. Imagine going to a, a financial manager or a trustee and we give them our resources. We say, here it is. And they say, oh, thanks for that. And their aim is to grow the wealth or grow. Or, and they take their, our money. And, they, and what happens is uh, we ask, ask them how they're going in a few months time. And they say, I don't know. 
I'm not quite sure. I think the vibe of it is we want them to steward this well. We want them to know where every dollar is going. We want them to maximize every dollar. But what could be even worse is that we give them the money and we say, how's it going? And they say, well, it's fantastic. I bought this car and I bought this thing and I bought this thing. And my life has gone really well out of your money. Well, that's, that's embezzlement. That's not stewardship. And sometimes we do that to God. God says, how's it going? I don't know. I'm not sure where the money's going, Lord. I haven't really thought too much about it. And he's going, what do you mean? Or, I bought this, I bought that, I bought this. Now, the Bible says that God loves to give good gifts to his children, but, but he's putting in our hands an opportunity to maximise his investment into this world. When I think of stewardship, I go, wow, if only we could get to that liberating space where we say everything's God's. He owns everything. And we simply get to be caretakers of it in our lifetime. The first spiritual principle is stewardship. Stewardship is the principle of ownership. If we can get that one squared away, giving becomes easier. Simplicity, living simply and contently becomes easier. Setting aside, which we'll talk about, storms of life, and that sort of becomes easier. But if we start from that very foundation that we are not the owner, that God's the owner, he will actually help us grow the asset as well. So my encouragement, step one, spiritual principle one, is understand that everything we've got is a resource given to us by God to bless our lives and to be a blessing to others. I love that phrase, blessed to be a blessing. Stewardship. Principle number one. Principle number two. Principle number two is sacrifice. Sacrifice is the spiritual pr principle that we apply to giving. Sacrifice, uh, and I love using the word sacrifice because it, it's an element of saying, God often talks about us giving away our first fruits. or the, it's, 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 it's a decision to make giving a priority in our life. I was talking to my son recently and um, we've moved house and we're able to, we've moved over to, to a new spot in Penrith and we're able to hold on to our previous house for two years um, on an interest owner who got a tenant in and all this sort of stuff. And it gained money over these two years. Its capital growth has been a blessing. And my son was saying, oh, that's really good, Dad, because then you can use that money to pay off this house, and which is what we will, will use it for. And I said, yeah, and, and we'll tithe out of that. And my son said, tithe? Why would you do that? And when I explained to him, I said, well, who gave us the capital growth? It was God. By his grace, we've experienced our property value went up. Our old property's gone up. And we've... And, and to give 10% of that back into God's work seems like a no-brainer to me. And when I mention that, it's like an act of thanksgiving. And I mentioned to my son, my son said, well, that makes sense. Then you only treat things that way if everything is God's. And it doesn't even feel like a massive sacrifice. Now, from time to time in the New Testament, they bought whole properties and they laid them at the disciples' feet and said, well, okay, let's use them, let's use them for God's kingdom. Because they, they considered everything they had to be God's. But sacrifice is a wonderful way or wonderful approach 
to giving, I think. I think lots of people will have talked about generosity, and that's an element of it, but sacrifice was how they gave in the Old Testament. They would bring uh, uh, something and it would be burnt. It would be made as an offering given to God. And and, and some of the, those offerings were sacrificed and some were given to the, to the Levites who would use that to live by. But it was there was an element of you released it. You released you you released a, a part of your resources, and I love the, there's some things about sacrifice as a principle to giving which really help. And here are some of those those key parts of sacrifice as this spiritual principle to giving away. First one is sacrifice is an act of defiance. Now I'm someone who loves to actually go go a bit countercultural. I love to have faith. When, when, when there's a whole group of people or all of us going, I'm not sure. I love to go, no, God can do this. I love to have hope in hopeless situations. I love, I love those times when you get, to, you get to say, no, God is bigger than this. And sacrifice is this act of defiance. Of, it, it defies greed. It defies hoarding. It defies selfishness. It defies materialism. It says, I'm going to give even if society around me doesn't. It's, I, I love giving. And I love that it's actually a, a willing sacrifice for something bigger than myself. There's this quote I've read. Don't let your standard of living determine your standard of giving. Let your standard of giving determine your standing standard of living. That's a bit of a tongue twister. But basically what it's saying is don't, don't get conformed to the pattern around you and to the, what the world's saying is this is this is what you need or this is how you should live. Let's do Let's, let's give some, let's give and, and be defiant and actually have a different currency, a currency of love and investment in others to be the currency that actually makes a difference in our life. I think the exchange rate is pretty good um, between money and then it going and being invested in, in something that gives and gives and gives and gives and gives and changes lives. Pretty good exchange rate for that one. One of the fears, one of the scriptures which help us in this and it says we've got to act with defiance is in 1 timothy 6 6 to verse 3 to verse 10 uh, verse 10 it says this but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we can't can take nothing out of it but if we have food and clothing we'll be content with that people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction and you've probably heard this verse before for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs so this spiritual principle of sacrifice which we apply to our giving, is this act of defiance saying, enough, I'm not going to get greedy. I'm not going to find myself wandering from the faith and finding myself seduced by the love for money. And I don't want to pierce myself with many griefs. If we don't have sacrifice and giving as an element of our lives, it's, there are other things which can become strongholds in our life. We might use our income for addictive purposes to gain more money and suddenly the whole, the whole of our, we're suddenly controlled by someone else. We bet over our means or something and, and, and gambling and all those, those sort of things. Sacrifice is an act of defiance. Sacrifice makes giving generous. Great principle applied to, applied to giving. It makes us generous. I'm going to read to you a few passages of scripture which speak beautifully into this. 1 Corinthians 16.1 says, Now about the collection for God's people, 
Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. So Paul's saying, set aside, set aside finances or money that's going to make a difference. Make that sacrifice. We read in Deuteronomy 16.16, so it's an Old Testament concept as well. No man should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. So, again, that comes almost to that first principle of stewardship. As God blesses us, in proportion to that, we give to others. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8, it says this. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your hearts how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I love that the cheerful giver, the cheerful giver. Do you enjoy the sacrifice? Do you enjoy the sacrifice of, of giving to others and seeing victories for the kingdom of God? Do you enjoy investing in those who are on mission? We have a young missionary, Ian Davies, down in the school, um, reaching into places we, we don't get to go to, but we can invest in him. We can give generously to, to his work. We've got to raise 10 grand for, for a year's work. The school's already put 10 in. Amazing, amazing chance to give generously, to sacrifice. I don't know what that sacrifice looks like. Um, say we sacrificed a thousand bucks or something towards it. Divide that by 365. What's that? A, a cup of coffee a day? But could have amazing ramifications on some families and some young kids that Ian ministers to. You know, one of the things that it's interesting, I love that God used percentages. And here's some of the challenges that, that, we feel when we, we look at uh, sacrifice being a, a spiritual principle. Sometimes we earn too much in our own mind, so we don't want to give 10% because it seems like so much money. I know that sounds really weird, but often those who earn heaps, they give less in proportion because it seems like I'm giving so much money away. Sometimes... We don't sacrifice because we don't know that it's a worthy cause. Um, the beauty of what the Bible teaches, it teaches it's not about us making a judgment call. Bible says, just, just give. And then that 2 Corinthians 9 says, give generously. I'm going to bless you back. I know as I look into this camera, there'll be many out there that would say, oh, look, can I tell you, I've got a testimony that I gave this amount away and God just abundantly gave me much more. I've got testimonies of those sorts of things in my life. As I've made good decisions, as I've been faithful with my giving, God has blessed us abundantly. He's blessed us abundantly. One of the things that I find interesting 
Um, the ten percent stuff is is something that God sort of you see it in Abraham doing it even before the law was brought in. It seems to penetrate the whole of the New Testament. But you know, as you get older or you don't own you 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 grow more financially secure, if you like. It's interesting we paid off a home loan or things like that. It's interesting how very rarely do we increase our giving. We increase our spending, not increase our giving, and yet. I love what John Wesley said, earn all you can, save all you can, so you can give all you can. And he, fin- and he lived his life like that, and he finished with barely anything. But the, the story is the millions of dollars that went through his hands. God loves to, to, to bless those and, and to, to give to those, this is what I've noticed, who give. Because they're good stewards with the things that God puts in their hands. So we sacrifice with generosity. Another element of sacrifice is we sacrifice. A sacrifice as a spiritual principle is the heart fully revealed. Billy Graham said this, if a person gets his attitude towards money straight, it will help straighten out almost every other aspect of his life. Tell me what, tell me what you think about money and I can tell you what you think about God for these are closely related. Man's heart is closer to his wallet than almost anything else. Jesus put it this way, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Martin Luther put it this way, there's conversion of the head, conversion of the heart, and the final one is conversion of the purse. As disciples, as followers of Jesus Christ, um, we sometimes isolate our money. I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I give you my all, I'm all yours, I'll serve. And then we go, but this part of my world, I don't want you too involved in, Lord, because you might ask for too much. It reminds me of the rich young ruler. I've kept all these laws since I I was a boy. I followed all your ways. And then Jesus says, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor and come follow me. He'd isolated a part of his life from being surrendered to God. And the Bible says he went away sad. Because he had much wealth. But the Bible also says Jesus looked at him and loved him as he was saying it. God loves us. He knows sometimes it's tough for us to give. But he says, trust me. Trust me. And that's the final thing I want to say about sacrifice. Sacrifice as a, as a spiritual principle on our giving is an act of trust. In Malachi 3, 8 to 10, it says, test you. God says, test me on this. Bring in the whole tithe, the first fruits. Bring your best and see if I don't open up the floodgates of heaven and provide for all your needs. We tithe or we give or we sacrifice, not because God needs it, but because we need it. I... There's something about releasing money into the kingdom of God which releases our heart. There's something about it which builds our faith. And the Bible's filled with it. Wander back into Matthew chapter 6 and read about the do not worry about what you'll eat and drink and all those sorts of beautiful passages on actually seeking God first. And, And just... Just seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things were given given to us. Too many wonderful stories in history of people that have settled on these first two principles 
of stewardship being the spiritual principle we apply to ownership and sacrifice being the spiritual principle we apply to giving. I hope this has been helpful. We're going to go into another message. Our next message is going to tackle the next two spiritual principles of setting aside and simplicity. But let me just finish this one in prayer. Father, I thank you that everything we have comes from you. As David said, everything we have comes from you. Thank you just so much that we can give back to you, that we can invest in your kingdom and that you will, you will provide all our needs. It is a privilege and an honour to give you this part of our life. And I pray that we are faithful and faith-filled and generous 